Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast and today I am joined for the first time by a bodybuilding couple. I have Jess Garrington and Jack McDonald's on the podcast. Hello guys, how are you? Hello, very well, thank you. All good, thank you for having us. So, as I just kind of said to you, but just to fill everyone else in, one of the reasons I wanted to invite you two on the podcast is other than the fact you're hashtag couple goals, (laughs) the support that you offer each other is not something you see very often within the industry, even outside of bodybuilding and fitness, whatever someone's kind of passion is you don't often see people being quite so supportive of each other um you could take it from the fact that you two kind of train together occasionally and you've got Jess you're on the hip thrust and Jack's kind of waving his hand like come on then get him out (laughs) like making the fact that you've got six and a half plates aside to look like child's play um but also down to then the fact that when Jack as I touched on a minute ago when Jess was on stage in Spain, you had her phone and you were like answering all of us like we'd never met like properly. And you're like just chatting to us all and giving us updates. Whereas I think there's a lot of guys out there that'd be like, no, I'm not going to chat to all of your friends all day. <laughs> Hashtag boyfriends of Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the man behind the lens. Um, but also what some people may not know, Jack, is you are very much into the bodybuilding scene yourself. And am I right in saying you're going to be making an appearance sometime soon? Potentially, yeah. I think um, I think I owe it to myself to, to finish the job and actually get on the stage. Um, so, yeah, potentially next year. Literally, I, I just want him. I, we were only talking about it today, actually. And mm. I was like, come on, next year, just, mm. just do it. Finish it off. Yeah. So... Yeah. You say like finish the job off then. So, and and Jess's face, obviously we're just doing the audio for the podcast, but Jess's face was kind of like, yeah, finally. Like that's <laughs> kind of what it's, the, the, the impression I got. So, so talk to us about that then. Like how have you kind of got to the point where you're saying I need to finally finish the job? Like where did it start? Yeah, it's interesting because I actually started bodybuilding as in like um, the all-encompassing bodybuilding before Jess. Um, it wasn't until after that you actually picked it up because I said, listen, you need to get into this. It's insane. Um, so I started with Cal Raystrick back in 2018 when he wasn't the muscle mentors. He was CR physique. Um, <clears throat> so I've been, I was with Cal for years, did a mini cut and then really had like a solid 18, 24 month push up with the aim of competing. So within that push up on 72 pounds, went from like 84 kilos to nearly 120 kilos and I was ready to compete and then COVID hit. Um, And then pretty much Mm. throughout sort of that period where COVID first hit, March 2019, was it? Mm -hmm. Um, I started a new job and my priorities completely shifted into corporate. So when I say finish the job, it really is like I owe it to myself to get on the stage and Mm. to just give it a good crack. When it came to like home training, it was... It was something that um, you're, you're with the same, Hannah. Like we could make do with the, with the weights we had, and it wasn't ideal at all. But we could mm. make do. There was no way that Jack was going to progress with mm. the weights that we had. So you just said, didn't you? Like you called it then and there. Like I'm not stepping on stage this year. Yeah, it was your first time. You wanted to go all in for the is... first time. I didn't want it to be suboptimal. Mm. Mm. How did so. that make you feel? 
No, it was okay because I mean, my like, like I mean, even when it, even when I was with Cal, like it was, it was getting to the point where it was very difficult to be a hundred percent adherent with full commitment to my job, basically. Um, and I knew that, you know, just coming into a new company, coming into a new sector, um, I wanted to give that a hundred percent because at the end of the day, bodybuilding's not paying me mm. uh, X amount of money. So it was, it was a priority shift that had to be done. Um, but I would still love to give it a good crack now that routine is is firmly in place and that's kind of an interesting thing as well then I was running through my head as you were talking about that is I don't know how it would feel for one COVID hit and that opportunity to be taken away from you after working towards something for such a long time but two then to watch your partner just go and do it anyway when you took a step back how how did you feel watching Jess do something that you thought you were going to be doing? I actually didn't feel bad at all, to be honest. Like I was sad that I didn't get the chance to compete, but then I was thinking, okay, well, when I actually compete, I'll be twice the size. So I just took that as like another opportunity, like, yeah, have a little mini cut and then just put another, you know, 50 pounds on, <laughs> it'd be fine. I don't mind looking, looking, uh, you know, pudgy. It's, it's fine. Um, but going back to, to Jess competing, it's like, I get such a buzz out of it. I'm like, I actually did a YouTube video. P- please don't go and watch it because it's horrendous. But <laughs> everyone um, immediately yeah, goes Jess, on YouTube. Jess's first show, the PCA. Um, oh, back in 2018. Back in 2018. And you can hear my voice. It's like cracked. I was so nervous. I still the get The camera's mad. like sh- shaking so much. It's insane. I'll send, I'll send you the link. You can watch it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get such a buzz when she competes. It's not like it's, uh, you know, I wish I was up there. It's more so like, give it hell, go for it. And for those people that don't like follow you guys or aren't friends with you, um, it's not like you've been together a few years, is it? No. Is it 10, 11 years now? 10. We just just hit our 10 year anniversary on the 23rd of December. We did, that's mad. So we met when we were 18. I think you were 19, weren't you? I was, yeah, I was 19. We met at uni, basically. And Jack, when did you get into bodybuilding then? Oh, post uni. I was, I mean, ever since, you know, the age of the age of 12, up until about 25, I was basketball the whole time. Played internationally, played um, pretty much at the highest level in the UK. Um, and then after uni, again, it was very difficult to, to try and switch into the, the working world and keep up training five times a week, like five mm. sessions, then weekends away, sometimes playing in London, sometimes playing in Leeds. You know, it's, it's a big commitment. Mm. Um, but I didn't want to step down in competition. So I just switched. Um, we bounced around, didn't we? We went into CrossFit. We did all sorts. Yeah, we had a little go at CrossFit. We had a little go at everything. And then we just found our home within, within um, like physique development, really. Which is mad because we've, uh, we've both only ever done team sports before. Team sports, yeah. But so you know, you're going from a team sport to the most probably isolating, isolating sport going. Yeah, but for sure, both love it. Well, it's not an isolating sport when you've got each other, is it? Well, you say that it's, <laughs> it really is. I think we don't train together. Like we 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 eat separate meals. We obviously are together and in like in the same yeah. presence. But it is very much like this is what you're doing. This is what I'm Even doing. Even when for we sure. both go to the gym for six a.m., we go in separate cars. Mm. What? I know. And the gym's like 20, at least 20 minutes away. Yeah. Because sure. Jack, well, that poor our sessions layer. are just different times. Mine are always longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm out on the road as well, where I've got to yeah. leave at a certain time. So have you ever tried being training partners? We've said a few times. Yeah. 
But if we have to, like, we've done it a few times or when we are training, like, I'll always ask Jack for a spot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you don't ask me. Well, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just, it just works. We're not that kind of couple that have to do everything together. Mm-hmm. In fact, we work quite well when we... Independent. Aren't together. <laughs> yeah. I said this in actually, we, had, we just had our 10 year anniversary and um, I, I did a little post. It was like, you can't rely on any one person for your happiness. You have to be independently happy, independently yes. driven and motivated. And then when you get two individuals like that and you come together, you're both, you're not, you're not relying on each other. It's just much better. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's why it works so well. Yeah, I mean? we're not like, we don't put pressure on each other to, like I know some couples will, you know, do everything together and that obviously works for them. But mm. like I, I, my sessions are very different to Jack's. Yeah. And he has, a, you know, he has one of our friends at the gym that he trains with. So I'm normally by myself, but I don't mind. <laughs> you're probably the same. You like training by yourself. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the RBF. I have trained alone for years. I literally just messaged one of my friends today to selfishly be like, can I train push with you? Because I need an upper body that's better and you're a strong guy and we train similarly. So it's all about me, but can I train with you? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Just a one-off though. (laughs) I said to him, I was like, I just want to do my push sessions with you. I don't want to do anything else. He was like, yeah, that's cool. And I don't want to do any of your session. We just do what's written on my book. (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing isn't it you've got to find that balance between especially in a a male and female bodybuilder there's quite a stark difference between what you're looking to achieve like yeah yeah. Jack I can't imagine you're going to be prime focus hip thrust no yeah I would quite happily concede that you could probably out hip thrust most men in the gym including myself (laughs) absolutely um so how is if we're on the topic of diary of a bodybuilder bodybuilders how is training and off season going for you both yeah it's it's not going too bad i did have a small road bump where i cycled the length of the country in september yeah that was unreal i remember yeah. that so i cycled from land's end to john o'groats for charity in september which how was how much a, um, muscle did you well i don't know about muscle up. it took me a while to get back um, to where i was but i've surpassed where i was now so, I mean, if anything, that's a testament to the human body, the way that it adapts. Like, I look like a crackhead when I came home. I was so, I lost nearly two stone. Um, my, my, my resting heart rate was like in the 40s. So it was, it was ridiculous. Massive adaptation, shift in training. Wow. I was still bodybuilding beforehand, by the way. Um, but yeah, back on track. And if anything, um, it sort of reignited my appetite. Do you mm-hmm. know how bad my appetite was before I went away? Yeah. Came back and it's, it's been flying ever since. Um, so from an off-season side of things, I'm I'm quite happy. Have I, have I made all of the progress possible since since COVID hit? Probably not, but have I had some life experiences that I'll never forget? Yes. So that's 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 more than more than enough for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went through a bit of a rut about a couple of months ago, didn't I? Where I just lost all my motivation. Um, I, I, just, I really don't. Know. I think it was like. I'm trying to think what it was. I can't remember what caused it, but all of a sudden it's just flipped. And I think now I'm eating more. I'm training. Well, I was always training consistently, but I am purposely going into my sessions each day, trying to really blow up the logbook, um, like really focus on progressing. So I think I got in a bit of a rut where I was just matching. And when I know that needs to happen every, like, you know, you can't be progressing every week, but when it's, been what four or five weeks and you're just not 
progressing. I ended up having to like switch out some some mm-hmm. exercises that I just was completely plateaued with, and it's definitely helped. Do you um, feel like you were going into the session just thinking I'm going through the motions? Hundred percent. Yeah, for me it was like the I know we we train like at six a.m. in the morning, but it was like I know if I don't train. I will feel like rubbish. So let's just go. And it was almost like prep mode. Like, let's go tick that box. Cause then I've done it. But you know, I mean, I'm deep in off season now. There's no reason why I should be feeling like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, but we've like upped food um, and just, I don't, I don't know if we really want know where it came from, but I think everyone goes through it. You know, everyone goes through that bit of a lull. Yeah. Um, and I think when you put so much pressure on yourself that, you're in this deep off season, you should be doing this and, you know, you should, all the food should be doing this and weight should be flying up and it's not happening. I think it can, can get to you a little bit. Mm. Yeah. The last six weeks, your training has been noticed, noticed to be better, hasn't it? Yeah. You seem laser focused, I think. Yeah. I can't put my finger on why. It just no. happens, I guess. Well, if you're saying it was a couple of months ago, dare I suggest that potentially it was the height of the competitive season mm. and when that. your your Instagram feed is full of people doing what you're not doing, yeah, it was what you were doing the year before. Even if you don't realise, it probably inadvertently is kind of in your thought process. Like, well, am I when I next step back on stage? Am I going to be better? Am I going to yeah. improve what I want to? And if you're then having a couple of sessions where you don't increase on a movement, those kind of doubts probably creep in a little bit more as well 100 i think you know, you've hit the nail on the head there and i know i spoke with um jasmine julia jeffries around that time as well and she said the best thing you can do is obviously you've got your friends on instagram but unfollow all those people that you don't really know that well that are just shredded because it's it becomes the norm then when you mm. when you are scrolling and you do feel you know oh I should be making the most of, you know, cause these are the girls I'm going to be against next year. And will I look better than them? And I think it is a lot of comparing mm. like, and I'm the worst person for that. No matter what time of year it is prep or off season, I am the worst for comparing myself to other people. Aren't why I? why mm. do you think that is? I've just, or never, never had the, like, uh, never had the, the confidence, I think. And I, I, for people that don't know me, probably that see me like, you know, with you know, with my other friends and bikini bikini friends, probably think that I really am, but I am far from that, aren't mm. I? You will vouch for me on that one. Like, I am the worst at comparing myself and being like, oh, but that this person's competing and they look like this. No matter, oh. and I know people are different, but no matter how many years down the line I'm competing, I think I will always do it. Do you know what I think about though when I when those kind of times where it slips into my head and think god they look really good I think mm. oh, I really don't want them to be at my show I think they could fuck it up and eat a garlic bread mm. yeah they could in their peak week or <laughs> a couple of weeks before they could fuck it up and eat a garlic bread and you always think of a garlic bread just think of like the most calorific thing coming to my mind and at that moment when you were just talking I just imagined an oven baked garlic bread and thought what if they just had a, a meltdown one night and they did it? Because yeah. what you can do is you can control the controllable. And yeah. you know that you're not going to eat off plan. You know that you are going to tick all those boxes. 
And as we've seen countless times, sometimes people walk on the stage and you're like, they look really good on Instagram. And yeah, they are. What yeah, yeah. Do you know what I find crazy? And I find it crazy how you know. It'd be the same for yourself, Hannah, how you know exactly who's competing at what shows. Like, I don't follow that many people on Instagram, um, nor have I competed, fair enough. <laughs> but it's I don't know all of these people. I don't know who, who's going to be where, oh, you know, I at will, what show. People talk and you find out. It's so specific. You're like, yeah, this person's competing in three weeks and this person's competing. It's like, yeah, how? that'll be different. If you competed, you how? would know. The more you do it, so I've, Jess, how long have you been in it? It's 2018 to now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's about the same for me. And every year, you know a few more people. Mm. And then a few more people who tell you about a few more people. <laughs> and before you know it, you've got everyone's itinerary and you're going, I didn't even ask. <laughs> I don't want to know. Wow, category H is big today. Yeah. <laughs> you know everyone's height. To an inch, literally. Yep. Madness, isn't it? It's not a sport like it. No. No. It is mad. Do you think that, just floating out there, devil's advocate, do you think there's a big difference between the male categories and the female categories? Do you think that in your experience, it's as gossipy, I suppose, you could say, for the men? I think it definitely is. You can, I mean, the, you, you do hear gossip. I think it's... It's that, it's that type of sport where it is um, it is such a niche sport that a lot of people know a lot of people's business. Mm. But what I would say is I know a lot of male competitors that they wouldn't have a clue who they're stepping on stage next to. Not not a number of people. I know they might know one or two people competing at a show, but not to the level that, you know, yourself and your friends know who's competing. I think it also helps that I, I will go to these different posing seminars and, um, and, like there's people I spoke to at the Arnold's, for example, that I didn't I didn't know, and I've found out one of them actually lives pretty local, so I'm going to train with her. But you just I think I know going to the Arnold's and going around speaking to people, going to different posing seminars, um, like you just meet you just meet people, don't you? Mm. And then you get chatting, and you find out that they're competing on this date, but their friend who's competing on this date, and then you follow them on Instagram and shoot yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> And like it, coming back to what you guys said earlier about it being quite an insular existence to then have this stark comparison now where you're like, well, everyone knows everyone. Mm. So it's weird, isn't it? How it can be so sociable in some respects, but it also gets to a point, which I'm sure you've both had, where you just go, oh my God, just I just need tunnel vision. Everyone leave me alone. I just want to do this on my own. And then I'll talk to you in like two weeks. Just give me two weeks to be really selfish. I am the, I will hold my hands, but I am the worst when it comes to that. And it will be interesting prepping next year, living with you because I went through a stage where my post-workout meal, I would, if I had family around or anything, I would take that into my bedroom and everyone in my household knew, do not interrupt Jess while she's eating her oats because I am very, I am very anal anyway, and like mm. borderline OCD with the way I eat my food anyway. Like so I eat my foods in certain orders. I'm a bit weird like that. And God forbid anyone speaks to me while I am eating my first mm. post-workout meal when I'm on prep. Yeah, in prep, like, in prep you're robot mode. And I think if, <laughs> if we are talking about like um, you 
know, couples bodybuilding. Her first prep was actually pretty difficult for me. Getting used to it, you know, never ever seen someone prep or been with someone that prepped. But the second prep was much easier, I found, because I knew what to expect. Yeah. But, what was what was so difficult about the first one? Well, I think it's very different going from like an off season. Um, well, very different going from an off season to prep, of course. But then imagine like the person you see the most. You see them in off season. You can, you know, have off plan meals, and it's a bit more relaxed, even though she was all in. Then going to prep, I'd never seen a prep in that, you know, it was still very early on, very, very early on in my own sort of bodybuilding career. Um, I'd never seen a prep in that level of intensity, especially never been with someone that the amount of time. Mm. Um, so the first one I was like, oh my God, is this what it's like? This is insane. Um, like she's a robot. You're a robot in prep. I think you've got to be, haven't you? But the se- the second time around, it's like, okay, this all makes complete sense. I saw this, I saw this exact same thing last year. So you have did, to be that way. Did Jess display the same behaviours in both her first and second prep? Yeah, I mean, she got inside out peeled twice. Do you mean behaviours like that, or do you mean like the way I acted and the way you, like that? The way you yeah. acted and the things that you struggled with the mm. first time, Jack. Did you? struggle with them the second time but go oh yeah I remember this from last year or was it like different things no I think you got you actually got better with social occasions the second time around we had your brother's wedding which you you dealt with like it's just I think you just get better at dealing with them the first time around it was like okay this is like a shock so the first time you see everything do you know what I mean Mm. um even even like work social events remember you going away to work social events and being so stressed but the second time around it's like okay you were still stressed about it and it's going to be tough watching people eat their meals and whatever but you dealt with it before so you're a bit calmer yeah so if I say the biggest difference was like you were much calmer last year compared to the first time I think my food was a lot higher as well yeah your food was definitely a lot higher (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true and Jess how do you feel about Jack prepping next year or possibly prepping next year and and being around him in a prep scenario yeah I'm excited for it I really want him to do it um it will be I'm you know neither of us are blind to the fact that it's going to be difficult and there will be difficult days I'm sure for both of us but equally I think you know there'll be days where I'm feeling good and he's feeling down and I can spur him on and vice versa um like during my preps i did rely on Jack a lot and he did so much for me. Like even little things. I remember one time I had to go and I had I saved my session to the end of the day and I really didn't want to do it. And he was like, well, look, you need to get your session in. He drove me and was just like my weights boy for the session. <laughs> um, but no, I think, yeah, it's, it's going to be an experience, but. Yeah. I think to be fair, I learned quite a lot off you the last two preps. Like I, I have done a diet before and I'll hold my hands up, say that I've been miserable and not the best mm-hmm. to be around. But I've seen you in the depths of prep and you're just like, you know what? This is my choice. Yeah, that's what you got to remind yourself of. You yeah. are choosing. If you really want to go into the fridge and eat a cake or a biscuit or something, go and do it. If you mm. want to order a pizza, there's nothing stopping you. Mm. You're choosing it. You can stop it at any point. And mm. I think in that same token, the industry has got a lot better the last two years for that. Like a lot more people are saying, you know, don't be a, a dick to your family. Don't be a mm. dick to your friends yeah, and your work th- colleagues. Like, no this, this is actually your choice. You're choosing to do it. Um, whereas I think a few years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case. You would see a lot of people in the gym, you know, extremely mm. frustrated on prep and 
isolating everyone will also turn around and being like yeah that's all right to me moody you're on prep whereas like you say a lot more people are like it's your choice if you're miserable yeah exactly and i think at the end of the day it's we don't we don't all do this for show day Mm. that 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 day is for me uh, yes it's so fun and exciting and i absolutely love it but the lead, the actual show day before you're getting in, it's so long. Everyone's so tired. Everyone, especially in bikini, we're at the end of the day. It's been a long day. We all do it for the the whole experience. Mm-hmm. So if you're just gonna be miserable for the whole of it, and, and you know, just focus on all the food you can't eat, then it's not gonna be a very pleasant experience. Mm. And there's a reason that we all do it again, isn't there? There's a reason that we didn't just do it once and we never did it again. So clearly there is something enjoyable about it. <laughs> I think um, I'm with you on the, I like the process and yes, show day's fun, but um, it's the lead up to it because once show day's done, you're like, oh, okay. Mm. Right. Uh, so do I go back to doing what I was doing before or am I an arsehole with food because that's what society is telling me to be or like what do I do now I think I'm gonna like cast a little what's the word I'm gonna read the future and I'm gonna say if you two are prepping together put the prep side of thing behind it because that's gonna be very much down to how you two handle it but that post-show period having someone there with you you two doing that post-show bit together, I think will make that a little bit easier, potentially. Mm. Either you're going to go the best way possible and control it and have a nice time and off plan here and there and kill the reverse, or you're both going to go, let's be assholes together. And then it's going to be like... (laughs) (laughs) I think that, I was going to say, the the one thing that is hard about post comp and you're obviously experienced but I will help being together is I think you get so excited about after the competition you all your friends are oh so now we can go and do this night and you're like yeah 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 and then it comes to it and actually you you don't want to do that you I don't want to be an asshole and go out for a bottomless brunch the day you know two days later and then go arrange to go for dinner with you and dessert with you because although at the time you plan it and you're like yeah that'll be great when it comes to it actually you don't want to just fuck it up like mm. you, you you don't want to so I think it will help being being together if I'm honest that is that is probably um the one bit of the the whole sort of competing cycle that I'm most worried about is post-show <clears throat> I would say I think the prep, the prep itself the journey is you know I can I can understand it and the competing side of it but post-show like I think you you know you'll be a testament to this your last post-show you struggled with didn't you like yeah. the rules that you have to put in place for prep, it's evidently quite hard to break them going back to normality. Mm. Um, mm. And I think in the past, I'm probably not the best at showing empathy. Like if someone's saying, well, I've got this, I just think suck it up and crack on. But it can be quite difficult post-show. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one thing that I think having a good support network around you is, is key, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't think enough people speak about it in all honesty. What did you struggle with post-show, Jess? Um, I got myself into some, um, oh, I don't know word, like some bad habits, let's say that. Nothing like, nothing horrific or anything like that, but just like uh, meal time, like strict meal times, um, 
I had a really bad habit of trying to push my first meal out as, as late as possible. Like, um, oh, what was some of the things I used to do? Like, eat, eat, I, I found it hard to introduce new foods. Um, so I was on a meal plan that works for me brilliantly in prep. And I was so excited to go onto macros uh, from off season, um, which I am on now, but I still eat the same foods. Mm. Um, like I am a cre- I am a creature of habit and I will find a meal that I like and I know the macros of, and I will have that every day. Um, but like, um, I don't think of some of the bad habits. I think it was just like the rituals, wasn't it? You obviously have like to put- steps. Um, yeah, I would, I would never, I mean, I know that's good in off season. You should still keep those, but it would be like, mm. no, I need to go and do this. But it would be like 10 o'clock at night. And I would like beat myself up that I hadn't hit 10,000 steps. I actually remember you talking about that post-show. Um, and you were saying that one of the big things for you was something that would be so simple for other people. But if you didn't hit your step target by like a thousand one day, that you weren't then going to be like, it's the end of the world. Yeah. I can, I can get that because all the things you were just explaining about being bad habits there, you just explained everything that I do. And I, I don't consider them bad habits. But for me, I, I was like, I would check him with Cal and he would bump my food up and I would be terrified, uh, terrified to to add that extra saurine loaf into my daily diet. I, I knew I needed to gain weight, but the rate that it was gaining was scary. Um, and my, uh, basically my health markers weren't in, uh, in range, in range uh, at all to the point where like I, I, it took a long, long time for me to get my menstrual cycle back. Mm. Um, and that was one of the, the deciding factors with if I was allowed to compete next year. You know, Cal had said to me, we can't just get them back. You need to have them. You need to have your cycle back and to have your cycle for, you know, a substantial amount of time before it goes again when we prep again. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was just I knew in my head that I needed to get rid of these bad habits to to fix my 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 health, basically. That was that was a big eye opener for me because she's a savage with everything that she does, and I'm thinking, I thought to myself, well, if she can't even flip this back and get it back to this because it's so hard post show, then Jesus, it must be quite hard. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You've got these solid rules that you have to follow to get in the condition and the shape that she's got into, to then you know switch it back and go into a into a productive off, uh, off season and get your health back. I remember thinking. You know, that's yeah. it's quite scary, isn't it? And you didn't understand why I was still using skinny foods. You'd be like, why are you just not having normal sauces? <laughs> I'm like, because it's just wasted calories. Like, yeah, I still have skinny food now. I actually really like no, it. Those skinny food sauces, they're not, they're not my body. In popular opinion, I rate them. <laughs> I rate them too. And and for me, yeah. it would be the same as going into a restaurant and having a full-fat Coke. Like, why would you do it? Yeah. It's unnecessary. And personally, you end up, preferring the diet version because that's just what you've had for such a long time then but um yeah I I can see exactly what you're saying and and funnily enough I can to some extent understand how you're looking as an outsider in some respects in being like god that if if Jess smashes everything and she's struggling with this Mm. it must be hard yeah, for sure. 
And do you, I mean, you said earlier on that you kind of, that's one thing that you do worry about. The post-show side of it is the only thing that I'm worried about, I would say. Um, purely for that reason, like, like I said, I'm, I'm not the best at showing empathy. Like if someone says, oh, um, you know, I'm feeling a bit too tired, I can't do this. I just think suck it up and get on with it. Or, mm. you know, if someone's not giving 100% effort, but it's almost like, it seems like to switch out of that show mode into off season or into health mode. So I doubt I'll probably go into another huge off season. I'll probably maintain at a healthy weight post, post show. Um, to switch back to that, it seems like you have to give like 200% effort it seems like it was almost double that of prep. Do you know what I mean? So that mm. was the scary thing, having not gone through it, but then obviously seeing seeing yourself struggle mm. with it, you know. A lot of people do say it, and I, I believe it. I don't know what you'll say, Hannah, is post-show is, is I think it's harder than prep. Yeah. Because you're, especially you, you're reversing like an absolute boss. You are hungry. And I bet you have so many people saying, yeah, well, you're not competing, just eat. Like, no, because I, like... Well, obviously, Hannah's literally the reverse queen. Mm. But you, you, but that's you've learned that. And the only, and, and do you know what? I, I initially got a lot of shit for it. I got a lot more last year. And with every year that you do it, I do think it gets easier. But I think the key for me was trying to explain to people, I don't care about gaining weight. That isn't the problem for me. The problem for me is if I eat like a twat, and I gain a lot of body fat. One, I feel horrendous. Mm. Two, my calories, I really struggle to get them up in off season. So it's it's short-term pain for a long-term gain. I would rather long-term be able to eat better and more every day than for the first few weeks post-show, smash out loads of off-plan food. Because that that's only temporary happiness. Yeah. Mm. I saw your... Um... We were talking about when we saw your post about um, eating at Christmas and being full the next day. I was like, preach. Because when I when I eat food that's off my plan, you know, if you have a dirty meal or you go out and you fill your face with stuff that's not normally on your plan, the next day my appetite is zero. Yeah. And it is so, like, people are like, why do you eat the same thing every day? It's like, well, I, I have to eat this because I can actually get it in. Yeah. <laughs> it digests very, very well. That's why I can get a number of those meals in. So Christmas, I guess, was like, it's one of those things, one of those spanners that are just throwing, throwing the works. It's nice to see family. It's nice to relax. It's nice to eat food. But it is very difficult, I find, to get back onto, okay, this is my this is my meal plan now. I've got five meals. They're all this amount of calories. Like, yeah. go. <laughs> this, I mean, the 28th of December, this is the first day I've been hungry since Christmas. Like, and I didn't even go in. I had my Christmas dinner and I had a pudding and that was... Mm. That was it. So um, how many bodybuilders on Instagram at the minute are saying that they've dropped five, six pounds over Christmas? And I'm just, I'm never be one of those people. Like, but that's for those people that are foods that whose food is normally really high will actually family at under eight at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So how, talking of Christmas, if we fast forward, we've got a little bit of a background to where you guys have been and how you got to this point now. And obviously you have both been in this off season period for quite a while. So how was Christmas this year versus previous years when you'd come off the back of a dieting phase? I think I've learned that, you know, I haven't overindulged, whereas previously I would have. 
because it gets bigged up to be this one, this you know, this day that's the be all and end all, and it's the only day you can eat at College Street, and it's, <laughs> it's the only day you can have chocolate for breakfast. That was now I've actually got into the situation where I can go and get a chocolate bar if I want one at any day. So it's I'll take it or leave it. Like my I had just what I wanted at dinner. Um, yeah, we had brownies for dessert and I was ridiculously full, but I don't, I didn't overindulge with where I I definitely have previous years. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, the last time I was lean was the end of 2018. And off the back of that, I was lean during Christmas, off the back of that, um, I then went into a growing phase, which I was super excited for. So I was meticulous, but I'm probably the most relaxed person about eating mm. um, at the moment. It's like... Um, I have a job where it cannot be the exact same structure every day. Mm. So I'm fairly relaxed around eating anyway. Um, so for me, it's been just, just another day. Like I just eat what I want at Christmas um, and then try my best to get back into normal eating habits as soon as possible, mm. which is looking like it's going to be tomorrow because I played 18 holes of golf today. And that was four hours out of my day. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite relaxed anyway about eating. And how are your families at Christmas around the food and and do, do they kind of I know that to put it in perspective, I talk about my mum a lot. You're savage, you are. She's laughing because my family go in at Christmas. Oh right, okay. <laughs> looked at me and started smiling. Yeah, my family go in at Christmas anyway, so it's it's okay. So like my mum will sit there and she'll be like, I like look up and she's looking at me like. Is it, is it good? <laughs> like, they love to see me eat because they don't get to see it often. Yeah. Do yeah. you find a similar thing with your families? Well, actually, I I, had to t- I told my mum off. At, um, we were all sat eating dessert and my brother had his and then he decided to go, I don't, he got up off the table and then went to the toilet and then we looked into the other room and he was asleep. So I was like, well, I'm going to finish his brownie then. And my mum said to me, uh, she, what's she saying now? You've had enough. Yes, you've had enough. <laughs> and no. my mum is not like that. I don't know why she said that. And I literally turned around and said, excuse me, <laughs> don't tell me when to stop eating. And and she didn't say anything, but I was just like, and then after I called her up on her, I was like, mom, that was really bad that you said to me like to stop eating. Like, But she was like, well, I know you'll just be full and then you'll feel sick. Like, I remember it's like, it's happened in prep before. Do you remember? I think it happened in prep a few years ago. And Jack, I was eating something, it was my cousin's birthday and I was having a little bit of cheesecake. And I remember saying, it's fine, I'll add on some extra cardio. (laughs) This was in my first year, I think, of competing. And I had a bit of cheesecake and it was so good. And I had another, I had another fork for, and Jack took the fork off me. Mm. And I went mad at him. I was like, do not take the fork out of my hand. The goal was bigger than that one for. So. He was like, Jess, you Stop. don't want to eat that. Yeah. So that, Damage limitation. Yeah, that that's what was good about it. And there's me like trying to justify it by saying I'll do an extra 10 minutes cardio. Like that, that's so naughty. <laughs> that was first year. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> 10 minutes for a bit of cheesecake, if only, eh? I used to call myself a naughty bikini girl. <laughs> My first year, I think cause I was so, I used to just like pick at things and be like, it's fine, I'll do 10 minutes extra cardio. Yeah. That's the worst routine to get the first, into. The first year was completely different in the sense that I've never seen someone that lean. I remember when you stepped on the UK, the FBA stage, and everyone's face just like, 
Oh my god! Mm. I don't know if you see. Have you seen those pictures, Hannah? I don't think I've seen UK. Oh my god! I still can't look a sore thumb. I mean, you do get shredded. Yeah, it's really annoying, actually. But (laughs) I mean, she got shredded last year, but the the year before, it was like, okay, you dieted up until that show. Like the glutes were just Mm. completely striated in the in the in the when you were sort of um, pumping up backstage. Yeah, it's costume. Yeah, uh... it was completely different, wasn't it? Mind I? So we took a little ex- little uh, side path there. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Christmas. Yeah. I mean, we can take this as your diary. We can take it wherever you want to take it. For now, our family's, your family's... Super chilled. Yeah. They are chilled mm. around eating. My mum just always says, like, after I competed, she likes going for, like, a, a brunch, because that was the thing we always used to do. Mm. So, yeah. It's quite nice to be able to give back to them after you've had a dieting phase isn't it to be able to Mm. because I think genuinely that and Jack you might feel like this watching Jess after her shows and everything that you get more out of it than probably she does because it's like we don't get to see ourselves enjoy the food but you get to quite literally watch someone go through orgasmic moments as they eat that bit of pick and mix yeah Yeah. you two and your pick and mix and your sweet drawers the pick pick and mix is all her i have the worst sweet tooth going didn't you Uh, tuck into a box of quality street or something (laughs) for pudding (laughs) yeah quality chocolate not not sweet yeah um no but it is it is it is really interesting to like observe Oh. observe preps like not even just Jess like other, other people as well on Instagram like my, one of my, my best friends and my training partner Matt um you know I watched him go through his his entire prep as well and get completely shredded and uh it's so interesting like when you get like a refeed or a feed up it's like it's like heaven isn't it, mm. it it's like the exact same food that you're eating but more of it and you mm. can see someone's mood just instantly lift so I'm, getting- I'm quite looking forward to, to that myself yeah. Um, but I understand you have to get in the absolute gutter to, to warrant that. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I remember that that feeling when Cal would say extra squares bar. And if someone said that to me now, I'd be like, I'm all right, thanks. Mm. I used to be like, oh, and I used to drizzle on my raspberry syrup, sugar-free syrup on it. And mm. like, oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? How obsessed you get with things like that. It is euphoric though, when you've been, like you say, in the gutter. And then someone gives you that. And when you don't expect it as well. Oh, double whammy. Yeah, when you're just <laughs> checking in as normal and you're thinking, I'm going to take food. And they go refeed and you're like, what is what going on? <laughs> How much? Let me in that kitchen. Yeah, literally. Mm. There's so much sports psychology that comes into it because Matt and Jess would often get told they were getting a refeed in the morning or whilst he was training. Sometimes Matt would check in with Cal before training sessions. Cal would WhatsApp him and say, um, you know, you know, we've got a lot, uh, enough fat off here. You're looking a bit flat. Let's have a refeed. It's like instant change in mood, instant energy bump in the session, even though every other variable is mm. the exact same. The, the, the intra drink you've had, the pre-workout meal that you've had has not changed from a, you know, from day yeah. to day. It's all psychological, that bit, it isn't is, it? It is, big yeah. time, for sure. I always kind of liken it to, um, like, sounds a bit savage, training a dog. Yeah. So if you think about it like you've done well in your prep, you've got really, really shredded, and then you're rewarded with a refeed. And post-show with the reverse, you check in, 
you maybe have gained a small bit of weight or you've lost weight or you've maintained and then they go okay more food and it's like someone going you've done well here's your reward yeah a bit positive reinforcement yeah and it whatever way you want to think about it like people outside of our industry would say that that's effed up and um <laughs> and a bit like you need to talk to someone but <laughs> the, it is reality isn't it you you follow the rules you get a reward yeah 100% so then looking forward into the new year are you talking about plans or are you keeping it on the down low I am I'm quite happy to talk about mine so I have eyed up and would after going and watching it last year really want to step on that Arnold stage sick um so I am planning on doing the regional before that which I believe is the 11th um with the aim to then qualify and step on the Arnold stage um I would like to throw another show in there somewhere but it, it uh, if it did happen it would probably after Arnold's because Arnold's is my main focus mm-hmm. maybe a little European trip after that yeah, I yeah. would love that. You know, it was actually, albeit very stressful at times, going away to Alicante was actually pretty, a pretty amazing experience. That stage is incredible, mm. isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, for me, I have no idea. I think I'd be like, my aim is to do one show, but mm-hmm. I know once I'm lean and once I've done one, that it's not going to be the case that I just do that one. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to give myself a bit of leeway, whether it's PCA or whether it's two bros, I'm not too sure. Um, the PCA stage always looks quite fun because you get like a big crowd, hopefully, mm-hmm. COVID, COVID pending and also a load of competitors. Yeah. Um, but we'll two, two bros seems like it's like where the prestige is at. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know if you get that same vibe for having competed in both. I think that we create that. We put it up on the pedestal ourselves. Mm. Um, I don't think the pedestal is there, but uh, I hold my hands up and say that I was like oh my god I could never step on a two bro stage mm. I was like those girls are insane did the same with the Europeans this year I could never oh my god no way and then you do it and you're like it's exactly the same people that are at every other show <laughs> like yeah. it's I'm literally in the same lineup in a different order um, yeah so I think we're guilty of putting something up in a an ivory tower when I don't actually think it's any different. PCA and, and two bros, one of the shows, I think half the girls were the same on the. On I the love PCA and I actually think my physique is probably better suited to PCA, but I want to do two bros. It's it's like, and it is because I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I, I would, if I did another show, potentially I would throw PCA in there like like I said especially if I did it after the after the Arnold's mm. I can get my body a little bit more shredded to to suit the PCA because they, they like that harder look which is what my body does anyway you say that I've seen some soft girls win at PCA Very true. I think again we have decided in the industry that PCA like hard and dry and actually <laughs> do they <laughs> you know mm. So Jack, you're thinking about one show, but yeah, it'll be more than one. Probably, yeah. Can't get that I lean think, and just do one show. No, yeah. my, my my biggest fear, if I'm completely honest, is is the size. Like I, uh, 
I don't, I don't know what I look like completely dieted down. Mm -hmm. I'm far heavier, far stronger. So there's definitely tissue there. Um, but it's almost like paralysis by analysis. Think, well, my arms could have another inch here. Um, you know, maybe my chest needs to be slightly bigger, blah, blah, blah. So I just need to get over that and just, just knuckle down and just accept I look like what I look like completely peeled. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you're comparing yourself standing alone in a check-in picture or in the mirror and the look that you will bring will be very dependent on who is around you. Mm. So you're critiquing yourself and who knows, you could get on that stage and be the biggest one in your category. Yeah, it's a valid point. You have no idea. And also someone could be bigger, but actually the quality of muscle that they bring could be shit. Mm. There's so many different things that to, to consider when it comes to that comparison that you're, you're making. Mm. Um, one thing I would say is don't almost talk yourself down. Yeah, I think that's what you try and do as well. You try mm. and find an excuse not to. Mm. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Just it's do a it. science, isn't it? Like you say, you are stronger. You're visibly bigger. You weigh more. Therefore, you've put on muscle. So you'll be bigger. That, that's just science. Yeah. That's what we like, isn't it? That's We like this structure and going, yeah, one plus one equals two. Mm. I think it's because I'm so invested in it that you don't want to do bad. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. take that cycle, for example. I'm not a cyclist. I was about four or five stone heavier than the big, than the, than, than the, the next heaviest person. Mm. I, I was never supposed to do well at it. Didn't do too well, but I did cycle the length for the you country. did it. Um, so in that sense, it was a very easy decision. But because I'm so invested in this and we've got such a, a siloed friendship group that are in this industry. Do you know what mm. I mean? Um, I think that's why it's harder to pull the trigger. Define doing badly. Looking bad on stage, I guess. And what does that look like to you? To me, it would be probably much smaller um, or much softer. I won't come in soft because yeah, I, I think I'm very similar to you in the sense that we get get lean um but yeah it would just be the size thing so i'm just going to chuck this out there mm. you're not the judge mm. so it doesn't really matter what you think in some respects because you're not placing yourself mm. so doing badly well i'll give you an example this year i got the same placing in two shows but one there were like five girls. The other one, there was 17 or 20 girls. So you could say on paper that I got a good result, but actually one of them in my eyes was bad. The other one was good. Mm. Because of it, yeah, it's the situation and everything around it. But what? It doesn't really matter what you deem to be good and bad because at the end of the day, you're you're taking that judgment out of your hands and you're saying <laughs> to these five or six strangers, judge me. Mm. Yeah, I guess that is probably the hardest thing of bodybuilding. It is so subjective. It's not one and zero. It's not yet, uh, win or loss. Mm -hmm. It's very subjective. And not to be like cheesy, but... Mm. I mean, even that, we, we saw that. No. Sorry. Sorry, Karen. No, no, sorry. There was a bit of a lag. You can. I was just going to say, not to be cheesy, but like even making it to stage in itself is a win, isn't it? Let's be honest. For sure. Yeah. So for many sure. people drop out. 
in the first bloody two weeks of a prep, let alone being two months in. Mm. I think you've just been trying to talk yourself out of it, but I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. You'll be so proud of yourself when you when it comes to it. Yeah, I will kick myself if I don't get on the stage. I'll kick you. There is no if. It's yeah. it's getting done. It's been said now. It's out there into the yeah. Ether. It's in the ether. Yeah. Bit of cow. Say, big man, you ready to finish the job? <laughs> so there are a couple of questions I ask everyone that come on the podcast, and because you two. Um, are fans then you will know and I say that hand on heart knowing your fans because I've had pictures from the car when Jack's been at work like I'm listening um so obviously you two are both bodybuilders competitors you are a, a couple that like to do the sport at the same time I'm not gonna say do it <laughs> together <laughs> that's a very very accurate observation, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You like to do the same thing at the same time in the same place, but not together. Together, yeah. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> um, obviously, you both have your careers. We won't go into details about who you work for and things, but you've both been very successful. Um, and yeah, you've you've been in this sport for a long time. You know a lot of people. But how would you like to be remembered? I think for me. Um, it is just, it would be that Jack was a high performer across a number of things, not just bodybuilding. Like I take pride in a number of things, um, whether that be supportive to family and to Jess, whether that be in a career, whether that be in bodybuilding, whether that be in whatever else that I do, I just want to be remembered as someone that was, you know, a high achiever, someone that gave 100% and was was successful. Mm-hmm. That's important to me, for sure. Um, I think I would like to remember it as someone that was a pleasure to meet and a pleasure to be around. I would like to think that everyone that I've met, whether it be at work, at a, at a show, at, uh, I don't know, anywhere that I would meet someone new, I would like them to say, oh yeah, Jess, she was, she was lovely. She helped me with this or she helped me backstage, put my bikini on, uh, she like just I think this sport can get a a really wrong perception of you know girls being bitchy and I have honestly hand on heart never had anything but positive experiences and I will preach that to people Mm. um and I would like to be a part of that for when you know if anyone says mentions my name in in any situation that people have positive positive things to say I really care a, a lot about opinions of others mm. um always have <laughs> um sometimes it's a negative so yeah just just have always had been known as a, a a nice girl that's a pleasure to be around fun you know doesn't take herself too seriously but is a savage at the same time <laughs> <laughs> get shit done yeah. <laughs> yeah that is a very valid point there's a lot of people that you, you see them either grow a following or be really successful and they sort of close themselves off from being a nice person or being as mm. forthcoming as they were before. Mm. Um, so that's a really good point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> I would like to think I'm, and that people also think I am exactly the same person I was when I prepped in 2019, the first time completely alone, knew no one to to now when, you know, I, I will say, I will actually, I will say hello to anyone. Mm. I might look like I don't want to say hello to anyone, especially at a gym when, I have a bit of a, naturally have quite a 
a bit of a resting bitch face, but anyone that actually speaks to me will tell you that at a gym that I am happy to speak. <laughs> My face just doesn't quite quite look like I am. <laughs> but yeah, that was probably for me. From what I know of you both, I would say that you are both very nice people. And anyone that I've said kind of in passing about either of you two, they were God, they're so nice, aren't they? And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're bloody lush. But also, I do think that you are both high performers. So I think you, it could cross over for either of you. Mm. Um, I remember when I saw that you were doing that um, that cycle, Jack, and I was like, is he all right? Like, yeah, genuinely concerned for him. <laughs> yeah, that was mad. Mental. But can I just say, we did raise nearly 40 grand for charity. So Wow. It was a bigger cause, something bigger than oneself. I think it's always important to go for. Um, and so, yeah, that was, it was a good feeling at the end, albeit ridiculous. Um, so there you go. It just proves that it just crosses over both being high performers and nice people. So mm. I think that's a very nice, a very good thing to be remembered for. Um, and also looking back over everything from being in school running around whatever it may be all the way to now both independently and as a pair is there anything that you think if I could go back I would have done this differently um for me I wished I'd got into this sport a little bit earlier not really early because I had the best time at uni I was a completely different person when I was at uni um like I was part of the netball team out drinking every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Um, but I wished, I, so I started the sport in 2019 was my first show. And I'm 29 next year. Yeah. So in, in August. And I, I just wish that I had a good few more years left. And I know I, I can, but you know, there's got to, there's a point where we want to, you know, get married and, and have children. Yeah, another so, cat. I have another cat. <laughs> no, more. we just have our Tiggy and he's enough. <laughs> our baby. Um, yeah, add to the family. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I obviously have a timeline in the back of my head, which doesn't leave me much longer, let's just say that. So I would just wish I'd have started a few, a few years earlier, to be fair. I think for me... Um... And it, it can be bodybuilding related, but I wish I had more of a focus on self-development earlier. Um, so at the minute, I've got so many books I read, but forget the books for now. I've been so deep into podcasts, audio books, looking for good source of information for the last few years. And it's paid dividends in everything that I've done. And I wish that I had this sort of mentality years prior. And whether that be um, good source of information around health, fitness, physique building, um, or even stuff like mindset, career, whatever it might be, I think I would be in a much, I wouldn't say better position because I'm in a pretty good position as it is, but I'd be further along. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, the podcast that you're doing uh, and the podcast that you post in your story and audio books, you're putting out good source of information. People listen to it, they get inspired, they take some knowledge away from it and they, they implement it. Um, I just wish that I had had that same mindset maybe when I was 25 rather than just turning 30 because it is having such a big impact. Um, I think, it, you know, I had a podcast in the past myself and I think um, I was guilty of just putting the podcast episodes out 
uh, and never really had an understanding of what impact it might have on someone. Maybe you have the same. I know you do get a lot of messages, which is obviously good to hear. Um, but whether it's written format or audio format, um, if you're absorbing content that is good and implementing it, it's going to have a massive impact. Um, so yeah, that that'd be the biggest one for me. Mm. More of a focus on self-development earlier. Yeah, I I don't think um, I don't think we're always aware of the impact of listening to someone's life story or like someone talking about business or someone talking about an experience that they had, whether it be sporting or a career or a personal goal, or even if it was something really bad that happened to someone, the when you take yourself out of everyday life and just close off to that and listen for half an hour or an hour, you really reflect on things that you've maybe pushed to one side and you've internalized and you come out of it and like you say you just feel a little every time you do that you feel a bit more in touch with yourself you feel a bit more aware um and yeah like I do get a lot of messages from people um and a lot of them are just like oh my god love that episode but then every now and again you get one that someone's like do you know what I was I felt really shit and I thought I was the only one that felt like that um recently Hader speaking about his struggles even pre-pro and post-pro yeah mm. he he said the amount of people that were like I thought you were a bit of an arsehole and actually I'm like you're a really nice guy um mm. so I think yeah that self-development I don't think people realize how impactful it can be no, I agree. I think a lot of people look at it as in like they're in school. Like you might read a book, you're learning information, you're going to be tested on it, but it's actually the complete opposite. It is the awareness. You'll read something and you'll take it and you think, wow, that's really interesting. Maybe you go to sleep, maybe you wake up and you're out and about and something will happen, whether it's an experience at work or experience um, in a social event or something. And you just remember like, oh, in that situation, I acted like this. Maybe this is the better way to act. And you're like, okay, this shit actually works. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's definitely not like um, a memory game. It is stuff that 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 is massively impl impl um, implementable. It's a hard word to say. And podcasts are probably one of the best things for that because they're so honest. Mm. Can't bullshit for an hour. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, they are very honest forms of content. And I think that's why so many people love them. Mm -hmm. mm, absolutely. Um, you also kind of feel like you're part of a conversation, like you, without having to partake in it, which can be quite nice, especially if you're lonely. A lot of people, they don't have a lot of people to talk to if they live on their own, especially through the pandemic. And having podcasts to listen to, for me, living on my own, I had an hour of being part of a conversation that I wouldn't have been part of otherwise, which I found quite helpful when yeah, you've not uttered a word to anyone for... <laughs> Um, and one more question that I just wanted to add on to the end of this as we are on hashtag couple goals podcast um obviously a lot of people as we see are loved up one minute and then they're broken up the next and I do think that bodybuilding relationships are really really hard like for various reasons but it's not often that you see a couple not just like make it through 
but like thrive in the relationship so what would your advice be to people that are in either prep scenarios off season scenarios with their lifestyle whatever it may be those sorts of little things that you mentioned earlier eating different meals like that can break some people because they're like oh my god I just want to eat a lasagna with you Dave like come on like but it's such a simple thing yeah it can can break people so what would your advice be to people that are trying to find the balance I'd say it's all about compromise wouldn't you like you've got to give and you've got to give here and take there and Mm. for example like we will normally sit and have the same meal which is normally our off off well my, our off plan meal on a friday um which is you know it's normally a, a chinese or fish and chips it's some kind of takeaway um and that's our friday night and we sit and we have dinner together but it's different meals for, for us it, it doesn't doesn't matter what we're eating do it does it but no. for advice i would say it's all about compromise yeah what would I, you say i think it can be an isolating sport and I think it's, it is quite easy to be selfish. But what I would say is if you fully back and support the other person, it doesn't detract from what you're doing. Mm. Um, and I think we're, we're in a situation where we are quite good at this, where whenever one of us is going for something, whether it be you're competing, um, I'll be competing next year, whether I'm doing this damn cycle or whether it's like work related, mm. we do fully back each other. Mm. um like 100% always encouraging um and I think just have the other person's sort of best interest but that all comes I think that all comes with finding the right person <laughs> so you know it sounds very corny um but she is she is my human so it's it, it's quite easy for that it's quite easy for me to do that can I get that in writing <laughs> <laughs> I mean you've got the ring babe I think that is yeah. your writing yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I literally do not give a flying f about um over posting Jess or you know she's killing it in a competition and it, it's not me trying to like boast about it it's just support do you mm. know what I mean just wholeheartedly you would if it was person. your Anyone. brother yeah. or your mom doing Anyone, it do you know what I mean sure. yeah and Jess you'll be able to do that for Jack soon I actually can't wait like I I found a new absolute love for cycling whilst he was doing his training so I was like let's go on a cycle come on to the point where she's better <laughs> to the point where <laughs> He, he banned me from going cycling with him because he says that you just said that I'd leave him behind. <laughs> it is very typical of you to to just pick something up and be better at it, and then be like, "Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this?" I'm like, "You're ruining this for me." Yeah, <laughs> he actually said that I ruined cycling for him. So. Yeah. but I'm obviously a lot lighter, so it's easy for me to get myself up the hills. But yeah, I was wasn't allowed to cycle with him after that. Mm. But yeah, like I fully backed him for that, so I would get out and go on cycles with him. I went obviously when I was allowed. And then, um, you know, your routine, if, sometimes you'll, you have meetings till God knows what time at night. So I will, I do not mind doing his, doing his dinner. In fact, I kind of get a cook it. I love cooking. So I will, you know, put my laptop on, put something on, put something, you know, catch up on some kind of TV on my laptop and cook and do your meals for you. Mm. Um, I know there's some people, you know, in the industry that, you know, don't believe in cooking your partner's meals, or whatever, but it works. Mm. And yeah, I just think it's supporting them. And as Jack said, I guess if if the, you know if you wholeheartedly support what they're doing and you back them one hundred percent, then it's it's not really a a task or it's not really an effort because you 
want them to succeed. Yeah, I think the one thing I would say with your question, if there was someone in a bodybuilding couple and it wasn't working, um, my question would be, well, why is bodybuilding the problem, the root cause of that? I don't mm-hmm. think bodybuilding does put any insurmountable amount of pressure um, on a relationship as long as you don't let it. Mm. That's, you know, going back to what we said at the start, the first prep was a bit of a, okay, but you just, you learn to back, <laughs> back, back your other person mm. and think I can get through it. I think that speaks volumes about you as a person though, Jack, because there are a lot of people that would go, do you know what? This is too much. Like, oh, I want to support you, but your your goal and your tunnel vision is making me unhappy. So for you to be able to step back and go, it's temporary and I want the best for her, it says a lot about you as a person. I think it's probably more about what I find attractive. You want to be with someone that's driven. Mm. You don't want to be with someone that's lazy. Mm. So I think that that is a very good quality to look for in someone. So Even though you much prefer me in an off-season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, looks-wise, I'll be completely honest. <laughs> off-season is is insane. Yeah. Lean glutes is, is not so insane. <laughs> so I'm, from, so I'm like a... Trust me, I feel you yeah, on that. Yeah. No one likes feeling like a feral child, do they? No. no. I liken it to um, a small boy. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, it feels so good right now. People are like, you look insane. And you're like, so do small children. Like, (laughs) no, like, come on. It's just, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't look great. And I also think, like, it must be quite hard on the other person to see your human, like, tired and looking drained and quite literally sometimes having to pick them up and prop them back up again. Extra emotional, like, you know you'll just cry because cry because I've eaten my last meal and I'm still hungry (laughs) yeah you are so fragile that was the biggest (laughs) shock I think of the first one it was like you can you do really have to dig deep and it Mm. it does really send you for 10 especially looking at like you said about Jess being so like such a savage and being Mm. so strong about it to then see someone a bit broken Mm. you're like whoa I didn't expect that like, mm. how bad must you feel? Sure. Oh, the joys. You get to do it all over again. Yeah, we want to do it again together. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be fun. Yeah. We're going to do a savage photo shoot after as well. I think so. That'll be cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, and thank you for being my first couples on the, uh, the podcast. I couldn't believe you got the invite. Like I said, it was like receiving an MBE from the Queen. I was like, what's us to come on? We love that podcast. Such a brown nose. I know. We absolutely love it. So thank you for inviting us. You're a savage, mate. No, it's been very, very cool. Um, And an excuse to get to talk to you for like an hour. So yeah, exactly. For me. Rare, rarity. And if anyone isn't following you and they want to know where they can find you, where, where can they hit you up? um instagram my instagram handle is at jess garrington simple yeah and my instagram handle is at jack mcdonald underscore uk i'm not the best at posting um purely because i just crack on and forget okay maybe i need to film and sort of build an audience but i'll be i'll, I'll try and post more and more um being as i'm actually pretty strong now and and obviously you'll be prepping next year i, I aim to prep next year yeah It'd be cool to see some more training. I and mean, Jess, we spoke a little while ago about you putting up training videos 
and I, it's, it's so inspiring to see so yeah get some more training footage up and I'm looking forward to watching both of you in your next preps and you oh I'm I'm well off I'm like 2023 oh are you yeah yeah okay I'm looking forward to eating for a year nice okay cool well you can be there to sort of yeah to cheer us on then I'll, I'll be uh, hyping in the crowd I'll, no no I'll send you a text in nine months time when I'm starving I'm like how are those 4,000 cows treating your hand yeah <laughs> Four thousand. Like last off season, I managed to work up to nineteen hundred calories. One one nine zero zero, and I was sixty kilos. My stage weight was forty four. So that's why. That's why I have to be so careful post show. Yeah, and now I'm on nineteen hundred calories, and I'm forty eight and a half. And your appetite's flying. Yeah, it's it's doing well. So like. Yeah, I mean, Jack, if I get to the 4,000, I'll be texting you. <laughs> you I'll be like, it's happened. <laughs> oh. I, won't, I won't hold my breath for the four. I'll be happy with two and a half. <laughs> but yes, thank you so, so much for joining me. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you both soon. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us.